everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Welcome to the WEPC Discipleship Podcast, because the gospel changes everything. Hey, welcome to the third episode of Season 2 Podcast, Go Walking Through Ecclesiastes. I'm Joe. Hey, I'm Gordon. I'm Sarah. And here we are. <laughs> you guys. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just uh, goofing off. How are you guys? I'm pretty good. We had some snow that's still lingering, and I have a snowman neighbor that's still out there. I'm actually surprised. That's pretty impressive. That's my new neighbor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've, got, uh, we've got a few snowmen in our neighborhood as well, and it's there's one in particular that's really funny. <laughs> Because they made it, and then I don't know if it was maybe it was just the the snow melt, but like it was still holding together. Yeah, the entire snowman was leaning all the way over to the left, like inches away from completely toppling over, but not toppling over, and it was just very very funny. So like all the snowmen are sort of in this like stage of like melting. Similar yeah. to what happens when the greenlets plays. This is what happens to. People. <laughs> <laughs> they melt from the rock, but like from uh, the rock. <laughs> That's so funny. I, mean, I my friend Kevin Green's melting faces thing. Exactly. <laughs> yes. My friend was telling me about she kept making this. Well, she made a snowman of like her and her husband, and then they have a cat, and so she made a little snow cat. And their cat is like kind of like a dog in a way. Like he goes outside and like plays and comes. I mean, he's just like really fun. Yeah. He's very different of a cat. I've never seen anyone like him. But um, he every time he saw the cat, he would like literally like like hug it, but like chop it down with his arms. Like it was like this. Like she she kept rebuilding the cat, and he just kept doing. He's like, nope, I'm the real cat. Hilarious. <laughs> anyway, these Might are the things. Market the snowman, so because they think there's something there that is going to come get them. Right. Yeah. Cats are amazing. I mean, cats are fun. <laughs> They are. I, they have, I like that you have to earn their trust. 
there's something to that that is noble. I don't know. I like yeah. it. Cats. And I love dogs. World. I like them both. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm sure you do love dogs since you have a dog. I know, but I, he's like right here, and I feel like I need to say that. Oh, yeah. You get real upset. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm with you. I have both dog and cat, and I love them both, and I love them as animals. But I agree with you. Dogs are just unconditional love, and cats are conditional. And <laughs> um, that's okay. Yeah. This, this is the podcast where we talk about animals, but then we transition to God. <laughs> My, and like and, and like snowmen, and that's the seasons, and Ecclesiastes. Yep. Yep. Time for snowmen and cats and dogs. Yep. It's true. Yeah. yeah. God, God created cats and dogs and it was good. Yes. Speaking oh. of uh, <laughs> seasons. <laughs> seasons. I love that the YouTube uh, video starts with uh, the song from the birds. I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the birds. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that was uh that was a little bit of me having fun. Um, just uh, putting uh, for every season, there's a turn, turn, turn. It's classic. It's, it's a it great one. Classic. A that song. was my first exposure to Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. I'm the same way that, you know, the, it's actually other than like the, the chorus of turn, turn, turn. And then I think at the very end, they have some like, yeah, you know, give peace a chance or some hippie-ish thing. But other than that, it's pretty, like, just Ecclesiastes. Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember, like, reading Ecclesiastes later, and I was like, oh, I know that song. <laughs> yeah. It's it like a funny moment. Well, to open us up today, let's, um, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Because you know how we like to dive deep here. Um, describe a time in your life that you were discontent with something. I was listening to another podcast this morning and they were talking about the fact that like there's all these – there's these places they want to go. Like there's these two guys and one was like, you know, my wife and I, we we like turn off the phones. They, they run their own like Christian nonprofit and they turn off their phones and all this stuff and they, they generally take a trip around this time every year and then they – but this year they, they can't. And there's places they want to go but they can't go. There's places that they could go but they feel like they probably shouldn't. And so there's just sort of this like, ah, oh, I just they just want to do things and they can't do it. Like I think Kevin said coined it last night when he said like desires inflamed. Like yeah. there are so many things I want to do, places to go, things to see. Like even my 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 daughter, my youngest daughter who's turning 20 this month, I'm trying to think like she's at tech in Blacksburg. I'm trying to think like, do I go up there? If I go up there, do I stay the night? That means I have to go to a hotel. Am I comfortable with that? Like, if I don't, that means a long, a long drive up and back, and all, all this, these things. I'm just like, I just want this to be back to normal. I just, I'm so sick of this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I said before, like, gotten through the year okay. Like, lots of disappointment last year, lots of hard stuff work wise and all of that. But like, as of right now, I'm just like, I am done like i'm just done with it yeah i'm just so discontent and it, and it's starting to like show up like i'm i'm super impatient i'm generally impatient but i feel like i'm even more impatient about things and i'm i'm just sort of like 
on edge and like my nerves are just sort of like split mm-hmm. ends, you know, it's like little things will just annoy me. And I, I generally start my days off pretty good. And then like by two, three o'clock I'm toast. I'm like, don't bother me. I'm super annoyed right now. Like anything will set me off. Like yep. it's yeah, I'm very discontent right now. It feels things feel very, even, even though like we're living in the, in the shadow of like, you know, the vaccines getting rolled out and things like that. I've, I've got family members who are now getting it and, but that's still like no- normalcy still feels a ways off. Yeah. You know? Like these are just little baby steps, which I'm really grateful and thankful for. But at the same time, I'm just like, oh, yeah. just, uh, I'm just, I'm toast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm toast. That's a burn, burn toast. Mm-hmm. When I think of discontentment, I think of expectations. Like what am I expecting out of something? And you're, you're getting at that Gordon, like what? you know, I'm expecting something much better than what I've actually gotten. Like just this past week, there was a morning where Blair and all of my kids were out. They were all like gone somewhere else. Like one was, you know, a couple people were working Some were babies. Actually all kids were, all five of them were working in some various form. And I was at home in the morning and, you know, it's quarantine, quarantine with six people in the house. Like yeah. this was going to be an amazing time. <laughs> and uh, I ended up like having a really whiny dog. My, um, my, we have a Roomba that goes around the house and it kept on getting stuck. <laughs> and the thing, and I had gotten a really terrible email in response. And I was just like so angry at one point. I mean, at one point, I'm not kidding, the Roomba got stuck and I lifted it up and I screamed at it. Like just, <laughs> ah! my dog like took off and ran into her crate and just like cowered in her crate. I didn't scream at the dog. I screamed at the Roomba, but my yeah. dog was like, ah. I had to take some, a few moments of praying to Jesus to help me. Cause I was so like, I, I had set up, this is going to be an amazing morning. And it turned out to be terrible. And that or it turned out to be normal, but because yeah. my expectations were up here, I was so disappointed. I appreciate I, both y'all sharing that. Gordon, when you said the nerve endings for like split air, split hairs, I was like, Oh yeah, I feel that. Oh man. Yeah. I yeah. think my example would be, um, I, I moved nine times in nine years wow. and I felt pretty wow. discontent about that at different points. Um, and that was like, some of them were just like quick moves from like, in like one place, but some of them were bigger moves, but either way, I just felt like I knew it wasn't ever like, I was still a potted plant and I needed to be planted in that way. And I, I was just so, I was like, I was fighting, like kind of wrestling with God being like, I know I can be content in this with you, but I don't feel it. And I'm it just feels like the more I try to find a place, <laughs> the more crazy yeah. things happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, yeah, it was, it was just, a, there were seasons that felt better in those nine years, but then, I mean, in general, I would say I was just looking for a home, like a place to mm-hmm. be. Um, and, and really that came with, I was looking for community too, in having that home place too. Yeah. So, um, 
I was pretty, I felt, I felt like I've been reading through Exodus lately and I've been I'm like, I really do feel with the wanderer wandering in the wilderness a little bit, just how, how much that discontent feels um, yeah. and how you can think back to Egypt, so to speak, like, oh man, but at least I knew that kind of slavery, you know, that sounds so bad, but it's true. Like you feel like, well, at least I was in one place. So, um, yeah, there's something to that. But mm-hmm. I just feel discontent. But I totally relate with both y'all's examples too. So, yeah. Well, and I, I feel like it, it grabs me too in in different ways. Like certainly my irritations, like yeah, it really start to show. But then it also grabs me in weird ways. Like I it, I start to feel, um, like demotivated by things, and and mm-hmm. I, I kind of like in some ways it sort of speaks to like life being meaningless. I like. I, I was reading an article um, about motivation, like, and how the pandemic has kind of killed people's motivation because, uh, like, you, we've lost things like autonomy, competence, and relationships and certain things because COVID has right. just kind of wiped those three things out in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Mm. Work to getting results, to getting the results you want, um, your relationships, you're, you're separated. And then you don't you lack this autonomy to be able to go and do the things that you want to do or that you can do or you feel like you should do but you can't and it starts to make things start start to feel meaningless you know yeah and so it, I was thinking last night during the YouTube presentation was just like you know there's a question I I feel like we haven't gotten to which is like if all of this is meaningless then why try mm-hmm. and but then I remember like this is all under the sun. There's mm-hmm. more to life. Right. There's more to life than this. It's very easy to get like hung up there. Yeah, I really appreciate this. Yeah. Like thinking through what this time is for us, how much Ecclesiastes speaks to us because we're going to be discontent. And that is awakening the thirst that we have for true satisfaction, for the true water that's going to fulfill us. Like, mm-hmm. And I think that's um, kind of the beauty of of even just acknowledging that we're discontent, <laughs> you know, like it's, right. we're, we are, or that we have tempted to despair or feel, um, that futility together. And I think that's, I'm really grateful for the panel every week to see different faces. I haven't seen mm-hmm. maybe ever, maybe at, in a long time and to hear a piece of their story. Cause they're not just, you know, it's not even just like a picture. I'm like hearing them talk and I'm like, Oh, I want to draw near to them. I want to know more about their life. Who is that yeah. person? Like, well, who are they really? You know, yeah. and when they share something vulnerable, which is, is such a gift, it's um, you can see how how God is in their stories. <laughs> like, maybe it'll help me if I can look. Okay, God's in my story too, in um, and we can kind of call that out in each other. So it's like it is interesting though, like those things that we're losing right now in this time. It's a, it's a real place for temptation to creep in and divide us and make us feel so isolated. I love yeah. it. I like that you right. said that, that article. Well, and it, it went on, you know, I thought it was interesting too, not to, to belabor a point, but like yeah. in the article, it was interesting. It was like, here are the five or six things you can do to, inc- you know, to yeah. fix your motivations yeah. and they're good. Like there's nothing inherently wrong with them. Like these are all good disciplines to, to have. And I read through them and I was like, my the first time I read the article is like this is meaningless. This, yeah. <laughs> and it just made me think about Ecclesiastes and just you know the whole idea of being under the sun, but 
There's more to life than being under the sun. There's more to life than these disciplines that you might, you're probably going to fail out anyway Yeah. to fix your motivation or whatever it is. Um, true life is beyond the sun, you know? Right. Yeah. Anyway. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Gordon, will you give us a recap of our study five and six? <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> um, so, so we're, we've been reading through chapter five and six of Ecclesiastes, and I think it's a very interesting two chapters in comparison to sort of where we've been mm-hmm. in to begin with. Um, I just thought it was interesting summary, uh, or chapter five sort of starts out with this, this is how you relate to God. Like it, these are the things that you do uh, to relate to God. And it, it kind of goes through things like guarding your steps. Don't be foolish. Watch what you're saying. You know, don't say too much and don't be super wordy and those kinds of things. So it sort of lays out this framework of how you relate to God. And then the, it jumps into things like oppression and money and how to be good and considering the days of your life, you know, and the things that matter and where you should be putting your focus and things like that. And then chapter six, then just sort of quickly moves into, um, and I thought it was interesting. He kind of pulls out a couple of times, these tragedies, these just tragic things that the the writer sees, or I guess in this case, the preacher, Hmm. uh, these tragedies in life, the way people sort of are are living the lives of the way that they're thinking about their lives. And, and then I, I, (laughs) this is super random, but, he, he talks about one of the tragedies being unfulfilled desires and that, you know, an appetite is never satisfied. And it just made me think of like the Guns N' Roses song, Welcome to the Jungle. And <laughs> that, that album is called Appetite for Destruction. Um, and that yes. song in particular is about people pursuing this life of rock star lifestyles in LA at the time when this song, when this album came out, which was in the eighties, people would lose themselves there. And it, it's interesting. You read the lyrics, um, which I will not read on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do that in post. You can do that yourself. Um, but the song, you know, it, it's, the, the lyrics are just very interesting and telling about, you know, pursuing, we uh, pursuing the wind. You know, like we've kind of talked about here already and pursuing the wind of stardom and celebrity and, you know, these types of things and those appetites never being fulfilled. And what ultimately ends up happening to a lot of those people is they find an appetite for other things, Mm. Um, you know, Um, anyway. But so that's sort of my broad overview and summary of Ecclesiastes 5 and 6 and how I connect that to 80s heavy metal. I love it. I mean, this this chunk of Ecclesiastes was like really. I don't. I mean, it just was like grabbing my heart. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, I mean, even that the like going after wealth and the things that um, I didn't. You know, just just thinking like, wow, I I. I can be vain about things, right? Van- vanity. Mm-hmm. This thing, vanity is an interesting concept just to even think about. Um, very convicting to read through. And um, the part where it says uh, in 6 verse 2, it says, A man to whom God gives wealth, possessions, and honor, so that he lacks nothing of all that he desires. Mm-hmm. Yet, 
God does not give him power to enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. But a stranger enjoys them. I mean, just thinking through those, like, those are, like, heavy, <laughs> heavy things yeah. to read. Um, and I think we could all, I mean, I can, I'll say for myself, just going through James with the youth group, um, but the beginning of five where it's like, don't be rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. Um, Lord, help me with that. I need that. I need that help. So mm-hmm. I think I was just fighting, you know, there's a lot of conviction, which is good. And I think that's what the Bible is really good at helping me repent in believing the truth. But, um, yeah, this was, this was some good, good, heavy stuff. <laughs> it's, it's very heavy stuff. I remember the, what was it? Um, Margie on the panel last night, she yes. really had a hard time. And we were talking about this afterwards. Like she had a really hard time. Like, am I supposed to like this person? Because it seems to really not be what I want. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And I, I really appreciated what she said too, in the beginning when she was like, I kind of disagree. <laughs> like, yeah. like right. life is meaningful. Like there are a lot of things yeah. that are uh-huh. that are good about life. Um, yeah. And, and the writer kind of picks up on that when he says like, you should enjoy, like you should yeah. enjoy the good things. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like, um, I don't, I don't want to say like good, good cap, bad cop kind of thing, but like, you know, um, did you guys ever read Anna Green Gables? I, have not. Okay, I know I, it's a kind no. of a girl thing. So <laughs> in, in the story, she's this orphan that goes to live with, an older couple who's a brother and sister. Um, so they are just like, they're old, but they live together and they take in this girl and they, they think they're getting a boy because they need a boy on the farm to work, to work. And then this like redhead freckle faced like dreamer shows up yeah. and, and they're like, Oh, we got to send her back. <laughs> like <laughs> it's kind of bad. But then Matthew kind of falls in love with her and he's kind of like the sweet, easy grace, like, you know, He's just like, oh, I. How can we send her, send her back to this place that was so bad when we can give her a home here? And Marilla's kind of like the, she's the the sister. She's kind of like the more um, rough around the edges, but she's really strict and she's kind of like the truth. So I imagine like truth and grace in the story, um, and yeah. in little Anne's life. And as you go through the story, you just fall more in love with Marilla and her character, um, but she's mm. saying the hard things. And mm. I feel like this is like this. I mean, obviously God is the author of all of this, but so he's like loving us through this hard truth, but it mm-hmm. feels like, well, I just want the nice old Matthew now, please. Like, right. mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. So yeah. that's what I thought of. Thanks for indulging me with my little Anne of Green Gables moment. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I love everything about that. I like, I was thinking of, um, uh, I'm not going to Anna Green Gables, but Brothers Karamazov, like Aye. the um, uh, Ivan is the sort of the pessimistic brother and Alyosha is the optimistic brother. And I know that's very simplistic characters, uh, caricatures of those two characters, but um, you know, what is it? They're in that discussion. I remember reading that book and thinking, oh, I love Alyosha. I want to be more like him, but Ivan, like, he's got some really good arguments for why, you know, God seems to be evil in this world or something. And gosh, this is, this is really hard. And sort of like when I read Ecclesiastes, it's like, well, I don't want to believe this because I want to be more like, you know, faithful, 
Moses or David or Jesus or Paul, mm-hmm. um, but actually the the preacher here in Ecclesiastes is kind of like um, Ivan and Brothers Karamazov. Like, well, let me propose let me propose to you an argument of why all that you're putting in is not satisfactory. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, I didn't plan this, but to throw out another uh, rock and roll song, Satisfaction, Rolling mm-hmm. oh. Stones. Yeah. I mean, come on. Okay, that's a classic. Play- playlist. Ecclesiastes playlist. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, I might have to do that. Yes, I feel good yes. about it. <laughs> I think Kevin had some good ones from his study, too. We could we could pull on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I love this. I love yeah. this. Yeah. More resources. Yeah, you're done right. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 6, The if you read Ecclesiastes 6, the... Um, Rolling Stone Satisfaction should be playing in the background. <laughs> right. Um, hey, let me just uh, bother you for a few minutes on this. Uh, yeah. So week one, we talked about Hevel, like what is what the word, the Hebrew word for vanity. Week two, we talked about under the sun, that phrase that's over this whole thing. Um, as I've been talking to a few folks, uh Last week, when we I was with a group and we were talking about Ecclesiastes three and four, mm-hmm. it brought up amongst one person, they were like, said something along the lines of, "Okay, I'm I'm tracking with this, Joe. I, I I'm I'm tracking. This is okay, but it's but I always thought that God is not the author of bad things, um, and." I think she may have even said, God's not the author of sin, right? And my response is, right, God is not the author of sin. But the problem is we still have this sin in the world. And so we had this long discussion. So I just thought it would be worth just spending a few minutes talking about this problem of evil. Have you guys mm. ever heard oh, yeah. with that? Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Never crossed my mind. <laughs> just and a few minutes. Can you sum it up? <laughs> yes. Just a few minutes. The See, problem. I, the, I, I would love to. And I think the best way to do this is not do the uh, normal philosophical discussion. If you want to go mm-hmm. do that, you could go talk to uh, some classical apologetics. R.C. Sproul has done a lot of stuff. Thomas Aquinas from years ago. C.S. Um, Lewis. C.S. Lewis, The Problem of Pain, pro- the uh, – I mean, so many great things, so many great books and resources to talk about, like, is sin a thing or is it a privation of something? I think that's worth mentioning, you know, Hmm. there is this, it's not like there's, I think of the Fred Flintstone cartoon, it's not like there's happy um, angel on one shoulder and evil devil on another shoulder, and they are of equal value. Do you guys remember this cartoon? Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. I do. And <laughs> Sarah's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, but evil is not, is, this is like a, a famous thing, and I think this is true. Evil itself is not this substance. It's not this thing. It's not like we choose this uh, additional thing that we're bringing into the world. It is an absence of something. It is a privation of something. When Adam and Eve, when they went to go eat the forbidden fruit, they weren't adding evil to this world. They were rebelling from the goodness of the world. You know, I've 
I've been reading Genesis 1 this whole week, just rereading the chapter hmm. because I want to get a better sense of, you know, why just what is what was the intention of this creation, you know, and when life was before sin. And a lot of it is about the order of God. A lot of it is about the creativity of God. And a lot of it is about the goodness of God, right? It was good. God saw it. It was good. God commanded it, and it was good. It's a great thing. Pain and sin and all that stuff is running away from it, rebelling from the goodness Mm -hmm. of God. Now, that's still, I mean, we still have it. We still have this death and sin in this world. You know, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, You know, in our church, Kevin mentioned it last night on the panel. Um, In our church, we lost a saint Mm. in our church, uh, a good friend of a lot of us. And uh, she passed on a few days ago and funeral is tomorrow. And um, she leaves behind, you know, three teenagers, um, a husband, way too young and you look at it and you say this is like how Mm. can this be a good thing like this Mm. looks horrible and terrible Um, and ecclesiastes rightly is saying let's look at this let's talk about the dissatisfaction of this world Mm -hmm. um you know in this meaning of life and ecclesiastes looking at it it's meaningless it's a chasing after wind all these things that just don't seem to help. Um, So in summary, I would just, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to make this as short as possible without going too deep. Psalm 22, David cries out to God. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It's melted away within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Like, David feels that way, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. he feels the effects of sin, absolutely. And if you've ever been in life and experienced pain and death and sin, I would say you can feel like David, poured out like water, bones out of joint. Mm -hmm. I never had a bone go out of joint, but I've got to Mm -hmm. imagine that's painful, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so many things just dried up and tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth, laid in the dust of death, like just wanting to die. And yet, seven verses later, David says, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. He has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. Hmm. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. I would say from reading that, David knows that God has not despised him. God has not disdained David. God has not despised or disdained David's suffering or pain, right? God has not hidden his face from David. God has listened to David's cries for help. You know, all of this stuff that when we are in Christ, when we suffer all these things, we can suffer and cry and yet still know that God is with us. I mean, I think that's probably the most important thing, right? God mm-hmm. has tied himself to his people. Um, I could say so much more about why God allows suffering, why God allows pain, but I think it's probably more helpful just to, you know, think of David. He cries out, which 
is expected for all of us. And yet he still knows God hears me. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the end of my word about that. I can, I can say more, but I'll stop there. That's encouraging. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it is a problem. I, I, I feel like I face all the time. I mean, most of last year I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, right. why are you like, I get like the pandemic it's sin. It's, this is the way the world works. Apparently every hundred years this happens. I can understand that. But like the way it's impacted me and other people and uh, I was yeah. floating, I was floating along. We all came into 2020 with these, you know, like, hey, things are great. Like life's yeah. good. Like things are moving forward. Business is good. People have jobs. Like all kinds of great things were happening. And, mm-hmm. and then this happened and it's like, well, I, I, yeah. I don't get this. Yeah. I don't get this. And there were definitely times where I felt like. I wanted to go to God and cry out and be like, what are you like? I was fearful to like be honest and saying, I have a problem with this yeah. <laughs> because that, you know, things were already bad. I didn't want to make it worse. I didn't want right. to make my situation worse by like mm-hmm. being, um, I don't know, like in God's face about the whole thing, you know, time and time again in, in scripture and, and throughout Genesis, like God is constantly calling people out from, from um, from from hiding, hiding from what it what are you what what it is you're feeling about, and you can come to God and be like, yeah, I don't understand this. I need you to help me. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. laid you've laid me here for what purpose? Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I've, and I've just kind of read like I I feel like this year in particular and coming into 2021, I I just that's all I feel like I've been doing for the past year or more. Just yeah. being, you know, like, God, I don't, I don't understand. And I just, somebody said yesterday, like you can wake up every single day and know that God's grace is new and that the comfort is, the comfort of God is there yeah. for you every day. So you can rest in the, in God's comfort and know that I don't have it together. I don't know what's, I don't really understand what's happening and I'm, I'm just going to rest here. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Amen. It's a ter- it's a terrible acronym. Drops, it doesn't. I, drops is a word. Uh, <laughs> I don't, but I don't know how it gets there. But drops is what how I remember why God allows suffering and pain. It drives us to Christ. It refines us to make us more like Christ. It helps us in our perseverance mm-hmm. in that we are persevering in this world to attain the goal of Christ. And to share in the sufferings of Christ, drops, mm. DRPS. Mm-hmm. It drives us to Christ. It refines us. It perseveres us, and we share in the sufferings of Christ. All of those things are really hard, but it's sort of what we got. Yeah, and right. What you just said, Gordon, is exactly right. Like, there's no, we don't like any of that. I don't like it, but it does drive us to Christ. Yeah, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It is a really good thing. I was thinking, going through these questions from the study, they're really good questions. And they kind of get specific, like, you know, describe your normal Sunday morning, you know, routine. And what does that look like? And kind of calling out, like, our our own hypocrisy. Um, Thinking through, like, where are we hiding and where are we putting on a show? I really liked that um, paraphrasing where it's, like, from um, T.M. Moore, 
the, oh, en- yeah. the end of it said, God wants your heart, my son, not just a show. And um, just thinking through that, um, well, I wanted to, before I ask my like official first question, I wanted to ask you guys, if you, from last week, we had kind of contemplated this idea. Was it Jonathan Edwards who was uh, contemplating yeah. Thinking about heaven. for 30 yep. minutes a day? Did, did you do that? Did anybody try that out? <laughs> was that a thing? I confess I did not. <laughs> I, I did not, but it actually did because I thought about that. That's why I've been reading Genesis 1 because ah. I was like, oh, I'm going to go back to time before sin. So I had I did not do that, but that is what drew me to that. Mm. I love that. That's cool. How about you, Sarah? Well, a little, I mean, kind of. I've, I didn't like specifically think like have an eternity or whatever, but I was like, I've been trying to – ask God for an eternal perspective um, to like sit in that, like kind of outside of the time or the, um, I like literally time myself for 20 minutes and just sit, sits in silence with God, which is really sweet. Um, and I feel like I'm, I think he's like helping me with uh, believing what I believe, like in mm-hmm. trusting him so that's been really good. And I think I want to keep on doing that and thinking about eternity is our home. And so anyways, I just, I wanted to encourage us to keep doing or keep yeah. whatever that makes us do, like read Genesis or like just have that eternal perspective. Cause that's where Ecclesiastes is getting at. Cause there's all this stuff in the seasons under the sun and just thinking through that. Um, I just wanted to revisit, yeah. but um, getting into vanity of wealth. Oh, um, I wanted to talk about money and I think my heart here and I think God's heart too is, is do we believe we have enough in Jesus? Like that we have everything that we need and money is just the very big, like way that we can pinpoint our heart and where we have it. But Mm -hmm. do you feel like you have enough in Christ? And in the world, and under the sun, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, that's a that's a great question. That's a hard question to answer. Uh, sure, I, um, <laughs> it's not very positive. Um, I want to say I do, but I also know. Yeah, I mean, we get our sense of worth oftentimes from how much worth we have. Yeah, and wealth, money accumulation is in many ways, a tangible reminder of how does society value me and, and, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and my, how I value myself and jealousy and envy. Oh, all of this stuff just wraps up into a big ball of dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I keep thinking of when you accumulate more money, you have more problems as well. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, I, I know that's to be true. Back when not Blair and I were newly married, we had a couple nickels to rub together, and that was about it. And <laughs> money was real tight and could barely afford much of anything. Um, and yet we also didn't have the problems that we have now, that money is not as tight as it once was. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I... That's as far as I can answer it right now. 
Right. <clears throat> yeah, I I'm I'm like Joe. Yeah, like yeah, sure. Like yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> sure, Jesus is enough. I can say that. Like I there's a part of me that's like absolutely theologically everything like spiritually I know that Jesus is enough for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But does that play out in in how I think about my life and how I act every yeah. day? Right. Uh no. Um, and I, I wish that wasn't the case, but I, I, yeah. I'm constantly, I wish I wouldn't strive so hard to, you know, make money or whatever, you know, like, yeah. um, it's just, it's, it's one of those tangible things that you, you literally can wrap your hands around it and say, I've got something, I've yeah. got something to hang on to today that can help me get to the next day. Like this green, these, this stack of green bills I can use to meet my needs. <laughs> yeah. Or a, a number. Just a yeah, credit card. Or a number. <laughs> yeah. The number, right. Credit card number or your debit card or, you know, whatever yeah. number you've got. Right. It, it's like, yeah. we, uh, we attach and ascribe so much to it. And I, I know I do that. Um, yeah i i mean i didn't mean to be like woo money but i but i kind of did i was i was thinking through like how much how uncomfortable that question is like i was like i don't want to talk about that and i was like maybe that's why we need to talk about it Mm. (laughs) 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 Um, but i i think that is exactly i mean i feel the same way i i know i haven't everything i need in christ but you know i literally bought something for my phone, one of those little pop sockets the other day, because I was so annoyed that I couldn't hold my phone. I have like little hands. And so it's like this, this, like this, it wasn't comfortable. <laughs> my yeah. other one, my other one broke and I, I spent money on a little piece of plastic that's going to come in the mail towards me to comfort me in my holding my phone. Like, yeah. And then my friend, you know, she texts me and she's going, um, back to, a uh, Uganda to, to serve, these people who are lucky if they get a boiled egg for a meal every day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh man, you know, like just thinking and not, not that God doesn't see and like, let me enjoy the things that I have, but also like, give me eyes to see the people like that who um, are joyful with so little and so grateful for, I mean, some people have been donating books to their little library and they're so grateful that they have some books to read mm-hmm. and that they can read. And mm-hmm. I've been watching a show with Becca, my roommate, and um, it's like these, this woman can't read and she, her kids are at the school with the teacher and she asked the teacher if she can help her read. And she is so enamored about the fact that she can learn letters and that will unlock mm-hmm. these words. And it's like, wow, I take that for granted, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I read all the time and I loved letters and, but I don't, I don't think about that, like, right. she, but her wonder was like, oh, letters, like mm-hmm. I can, this, there's only 26. If I learn those, I can read and then mm-hmm. I can, you know, and she, and she was really excited to read the Bible, which was like, oh, this, you know, thinking mm-hmm. about that, um, just how much we do have, but, um, what is what are the things that we're wanting? We are wanting so much, and I, I don't know about you guys, but the more I, um, maybe that hiding we we're talking about, the more I hide, the more I'm like, oh, maybe something else will make me happy over here. With, yeah. you know, if I spend money on this, it'll help me. Mm-hmm. Which it, which mm-hmm. it won't. Anyways, that was. Yeah. Thanks for answering. Yeah. Um, 
I I thought we might end with a question. Um, and I would be interested to hear if any of the listeners have things to say. Seriously, like message us or email us or um, yes. um, make a review on the podcast and say something. I don't know. Whatever you want. But also, we just great really – That's want, a great idea, I was, Sarah. Yeah, I was thinking idea. I would love to hear from you guys and – if you want to, you know, maybe I'll mention you next time. If you have a qu- good question that I want to share with everybody, Ooh, yeah. we'll see. Um, but I thought this might be, if you have an experience where somebody has done this well with you, or if you have a good way that you do this, that has been successful and like God has helped you in this. So my question is number nine, how might you counsel a friend who is living without hope or meaning? How might you redirect their gaze upon, uh, beyond life under the sun? How can we do that? Well, as as a body of believers, how can we give give people hope or meaning? Uh, I think the most important thing that we can do and say is our own presence. Um, mm-hmm. That speaks much more than just, well, primarily, initially, the great thing about, you know, when someone is hopeless or feels life is meaningless our presence alone is the emotional equivalent of sympathy and empathy that is uh, very psychologically helpful. I know that's true. Like just mm-hmm. being with them, being in their presence is a help. But theologically, it is super important to expose to them the lie that they are alone and to show them the reality of the incarnation of Christ by our presence being with someone who is meaningless, who feels like my life is meaningless or feels like life is hopeless. Our presence alone, like, you know, yeah, our presence alone is screams the incarnation to them. And we just need to do that. Um, when I, obviously I just keep thinking of, um, the funeral and visitations. And um, I want to be the type of person and I want my kids to grow up to be the type of people that when the doors are open for a funeral or a visitation, you show up, you Mm -hmm. go. It's not even, it's not even a question of, Oh, does this fit into my thing? Uh, Does this fit into my schedule? It doesn't matter. You make it fit into your schedule because that's, I mean, that's, that's the cornerstone of helping people in hopelessness and meaninglessness is being with them. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my quick answer before I even open my mouth and say something to them. Yeah. Just being with them. Thanks. That's great. Do you have an example of a time that that was helpful for you that comes off, you know, top of your head? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can think of one time in particular, now that you asked that question, Sarah, I wasn't mm-hmm. prepared to talk about it, but I remember right. one time in particular that I, you know, I am very labile. I suffer, you know, this is what happens with Joe Brown is mm-hmm. I suffer from high peaks and low lows. And so I was at a low low for reasons and also for not reasons, like just, that's just the way my emotional mm-hmm. roller coaster goes. I was at a low low and uh, a friend of mine knew that I was at a low low and he called me up 
every day. And mm. at first, I was really annoyed because I'm at a low low. That means I want to be by myself. I just want to wallow in my own lowness, my <laughs> hopelessness. Um, but then he kept calling me. And then like day four, he didn't call me. And I, I like, I texted him. I was like, what, why didn't you call me? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I wanted him to call me. Right. Um, mm. And he was like, well, I didn't want to bother you too much. And I'm like, no, I, I now appreciate it. Um, and so we talked, I mean, it wasn't, it was for like another week where we would just talk every day. Um, and so that, that would be a time. That's so, awesome. I don't even remember what we said, but it was yeah. just presence. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's, you bring up a really great point. And I, I was trying to remember where this was, but um, I don't think we talked about this in chapter four. The, the, the narrator is, is, and the author is kind of talking about the futility of life under the sun and all these things. And, and in chapter or chapter four, verses seven, and then, and it gets into like verse nine is kind of where the, the meat is, but it talks about all this stuff, life being meaningless, everything's futile, vanity, the thing that you should do is be together with another person. And in like in verse nine, it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Like, you know, in the midst of all of this futility and meaningless things that we tend to hold onto under the sun, the well, one thing you that he says you can hold on to is the company of another person who can be your, you know, your help and your your the person to back you up. And you know, if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three stands is is not easily broken. And it you know, just that calls to mind uh, in the Gospels where uh, Jesus says, "Where two, where three or more are gathered, there I am." Right. You know. Um, yeah. So I, I I feel like 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 you Joe I would agree like I think to be able to be that person who can point out the futility of putting your hope in other things that are going to uh, essentially like cause you to feel hopeless and meaningless because yeah. you've been putting your your hope and your your ideals into these things that are just under the sun and they will disappear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're only going to get that by having somebody point that out to you. Yeah. Not alone. Do you have an example, Jordan? (laughs) (sighs) Plenty. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) um, well, I, you know, I, I, I feel like, and I've said this before, like this, just because it's, it's been, it's so in my face, like, and, you know, so, so Kevin actually is a great example. He's somebody that does this on a personal level, one on one. But you know, just being my my pastor at West End, and and last night in particular, when he said he was, he said towards the end, he was like, "I've been asking the question: Could I be satisfied in God alone if you know, without being, without finding discomfort?" I think that's how he said it. And I was like, wow. "Gosh, you know, I I think." It, you know, I came into 2020 full steam ahead with, with my business, with work, things were, I was on top. Like I was getting 
interviewed on podcasts about this product I was building on Alexa. I was like doing all these things and like all these great things were like happening. And like I was coming into 2020 with like some really big ideas. I was putting a lot of stock in these things. And then the pandemic hits and I, I've been questioning like here towards the, the beginning of the year thinking like, wh- like where was I headed? Um, yeah. I, I, I'm, there's, there are definitely days where I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of grateful and thankful for this pandemic in some ways, because it really showed me how much stock I was putting in stuff that was so meaningless, meaningless in the sense that like, not that they didn't necessarily have some intrinsic value, like it was going to be helpful for other people and things like that. And what, what I do for a living is helping people find work. Like those are good things. But ultimately I was like, this is my thing. And it's not. And I wonder without the pandemic where I would have ended up by the end of the year yeah. you know, and, and thinking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, putting so much stock in those things. And so it's really caused me and, and having a church and friends like you guys too, like this podcast has been helpful. The second Monday podcast was helpful. Like the, these conversations we've been having over and over. Um, through Lamentations, the study in Lamentations, the study yes. in James, this study. And J- Joe, we were saying this the, like in March and April when we were talking, like it is really, yeah. Uh, I, I really think God laid out the framework for at least for our church in particular with the things that we have been going yeah. through and studying in light of all of this yeah. upheaval yeah. that it has been super, super helpful um, to me calling out my own sin because like I was putting so much stock in not just work and business, but just other stuff too. Yeah. Things I took Thank for granted showing up to church, yeah. you know, I, I had a, a, had a church where I could go and I could be with people and all of a sudden I, nope, I, that's, that's taken from me too. So, um, yeah. putting all of my stock in God in yeah. Jesus, the gospel changes everything, not not the four walls at Weston Press. Yeah, yeah, right. And I'm thankful I've learned that. It's been, it's, it still stinks. I still don't understand a lot of it, but I'm, I'm, I'm thanking God in some ways for this. So, yeah, I, I was just thinking about what I would say, um, and I don't know exactly what I would say except to point people to Jesus and not try to fix them. <laughs> um, that's mm-hmm. that's a temptation in my heart is like. I got to figure out a plan and I'm pretty good at looking forward. So let me help you look forward together. But sometimes, um, I'm very convicted in my, this past week, even I listened to a talk, which actually it was a really good talk, um, by the Trinity forum on the, uh, theology of making Hmm. by, um, Mako Fujimara. Maybe I can, we can link it anyways, but he talks about the, I'm sure some of you have heard this, the Japanese pottery that is Kintsuki, which, um, it's, it takes a broken so imagine a broken bowl mm-hmm. and you know we would maybe cast that off and be like it's destroyed like it's no more ruins but no you take the pieces and an important part of it is seeing you you look at the pieces look how they're broken see how they split um really contemplate that and then mm-hmm. they fix it but they they fill in where it was broken with gold. So mm. you see the cracks. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like a scar. 
of the pottery, but it makes it more beautiful and more valuable. And as a piece, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable and it's better than it was, you know, like it really is like, you're like, Oh, I want to make one of these. This is so cool. And to think in, you know, metaphorically, um, am I, am I looking at the pieces with my friends who are struggling? That's the hard part for me, like to enter into that and be like, let's look at your brokenness and see like what that is. Um, but can we believe that God has a glorious plan to, to mend, to like put this together. Um, and what, what does Jesus have to say about that? Like, how can we, how can we point, um, them to Jesus, um, has been really encouraging and convicting this week to think about because I think being discouraged, I was thinking of it's a wonderful life. And you said rubbing the nickels together, Joe, (laughs) with a mama dollar and papa dollar and the make, make lots of baby dollars. Um, speaking of money, but then also, um, when they, you know, I think it's the angels are talking and Clarence is like, what's going on. It's like, Oh, it's worse. He's discouraged. I mean, that is like the thing that is the thing that we, when we're discouraged, we need help. We need Mm -hmm. people to help encourage us. And that Mm. is, that is a place that we can enter in as, as believers and bless others. And so I think that's my, my answer for that. Um, but yeah, I think we're out of time. We are out of time. That's what we are. (laughs) I I just think how great of an image the Japanese pottery is that you explained, Sarah. I love that. I got, I got to think about that for a while because if you're sitting with someone who's broken pottery, you know, you, it's a, it is a horrible thing. Like that stuff is broken, but it takes really hard work to help them see actually this is the beginning of something that's even more beautiful than what you mm. were before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you and don't have to hide it. Like you can right. let it be yeah. seen that you've right. healed in those places. Yeah. And that's like, wow. Cause yeah. I mean, when we think of fixing like a broken vase, we want to hide the, right. hide the cracks, right? Like we yep. want to make yeah. it look back to, back to what it was, but maybe there's something better. I guess this probably brings us to a place where I should pray. Unless you guys have anything else before we uh, close out. All right. Jesus, I'm so thankful today for our conversation. Um, thankful for Sarah and Joe and just the encouragement from my brother and my sister um, around the idea of how you use um, painful things in our lives, disappointments, um, desires that go unfulfilled, um, not feeling satisfied by the things here in this world under the sun, but you provide so much more for us. You have so much to give, um, and you give it all to us in Jesus. And I would just pray that the three of us and the listeners and the folks in our church and anyone else who might be listening to this um, to find all of your hope and your um, all things in life um, to be fulfilled in Jesus for you and that we can hope in Jesus and we can put all of our faith and our trust and that you are dependable and that we can count on you to be everything for us. And I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. All right. It's good to see you guys. Great to see you as well. Take care.